You're listening to the most fraudulent F1 podcast with Dan, a.k.a. Engine Mode 11. I secretly moonlight at the with Marco at race weekends. And Blake, a.k.a. Break. Echo chambers of farts and idiots on Twitter after races. It's the Engine Breaking F1 podcast. What a banger of an introduction. Welcome to the Engine Breaking Podcast. I am one of two of your terrible fraudulent hosts. My name is Blake, a.k.a. Break, and uh, I present to you Dan, a.k.a. Engine Mode 11, the super Twitter fraud lord. We are two former Formula One engineers now making a podcast fueled by vibes. And then every now and then we sprinkle in a little bit of uh, yeah. the tinfo- tinfoil hat shattering fraudulence. In there, but love and wrapped around in a wrapper of some semblance of technical knowledge. Mm. Mm. And if anybody asks about anti-dive today, I'm literally going to lose my, my, my stuff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to freak out. Um, it's, it, anti-dive is one of the most insane innovations that we've ever seen in a race car. It is. I'm just kidding. I'm losing my mind. People freaking out about that. I've got a video that is going out in two weeks about that. I'm working on it. I'm slow. I'm slow, don't sue me. But welcome to the Engine Breaking Podcast. Last week, uh, we had the Imola preview and then no Imola review because there was no Imola Grand Prix. Uh, And this week, we're going to give you guys a little bit of a preview of the Monaco Grand Prix. So I've got quite a few stories from being at the track, and we'll share those in with uh, a little bit of the news, what's going on in Formula One right now. We've got a lot of changes happening. Um, We definitely have people talking about anti-dive in the Twitch stream already. You're getting banned. Um, I'm just kidding. And uh, yeah, we got a we've got a little uh, preview for the Monaco Grand Prix. Dan, what's what's new in the news in the Formula One world today? We had Imola canceled due to we rain. Um, that was a definitely rare Formula One W question. Yeah, they were quite quick about it for F1 standard. Considering <laughs> in what when was it Australia? When was COVID? I can't even remember now. Was that 2020, wasn't it? Yeah. And that kicked off. They banned it. What? Uh, they didn't ban it. They cancelled the weekend. I think was it an hour before FP1? They were, they even had like the support cars out on track and they were like, actually, guys, can it? We've got a global pandemic coming in. It's going to change the way that you live, breathe, eat for the next three years. That was wild. I remember um, my better half was out there for work. And it's like, you know, they're out. How's it going off Thursday night? I had some beers with everybody. It's like, yeah, there's this weird thing that's like happened in China. We keep talking about it on the television. But uh, anyway, then all of a sudden, like, I think somebody from McLaren caught it. And everybody was like, right, yep. that's it. Everybody hop on flights and go home. Yeah. It was it was actually wild. And it yeah. changed everything. It did. There you go. But uh, Imola, we said, and uh, now we go back and listen to it. I said there was a 50 50 percent chance of rain. Well, jinx that, didn't we? So Imola, yeah. you know, they had some pretty uh, major flooding in the area, um, and I think it got to the stage on Wednesday where basically F one turned around and said, "Hey, none of you lot can come in to the track." Because it's, it's you know the, the the river that runs next to the track was like right at its limit and ready to go, um, mm. and then I think it was like the deputy prime minister for Italy turned around and said, "Nah, guys, come on, be sensible. Let's just can this and re- yeah. redirect all the resources and effort to the local population and that." So uh, 
yeah, sad, sad story because I think five, I think it's five thousand people, probably more than that now, were displaced, and I think we had eight deaths. Fuck. I think so, that's yeah. terrible. That's horrible. But it does. It's, it sounds like Formula One themselves and some of the teams also, you know, did what they could also to help, despite probably losing shitloads of money on on the event. So, um, what was yeah, it? we had. Uh, Ferrari came out and did a million euros. Uh, F1 matched that and did a million euros. And then we've seen like some of the drivers do charity streams and things like that. Did Mercedes send some cash as well? I, I think there were quite a few teams uh, sending a, a fair. I, I mean, I may have probably missed it to be honest, but yeah. Yeah, I think Mercedes did as well. But uh, um, yeah, yeah. And then all the this is the one I thought was quite quite good is that all the food and drinks and all that that obviously hospitality because there's like mountains like of yeah it's insane and drink like if you saw it it's it's insane well it's not just like the team's food it's all the catering bills for all the teams so you've all that food that they bought earlier in the week you've got all the hospitality for all the vips and you've got everything else i'm not sure concessions fall into that because those are usually independent operators but like all that stuff that was fom or subsidiaries they're like right we'll just fucking buy it off you and we'll send it to the locals that have been displaced and uh Support. So that was super cool. That was a really yeah. nice gesture, despite a very miserable. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then like I think situation. we saw um, maybe on the Wednesday or the Thursday, like pictures coming out of the support paddock. A lot of them were underwater. Um, the TV compound. I don't know if you saw that. Mm. That was underwater. So I was a little bit. Didn't like, they Ooh. lose some gear there? Oh, the man, they must have. Definitely. Yeah, but like, you, but you know, you know what it's like losing some gear in a rainstorm in Malaysia or Singapore. Oh, don't. You can just throw the whole server in a bag yeah, of rice yeah, and you'll yeah. be don't all right. Worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we had some. Uh, we had some huge news today, and I feel like, I feel like we saw this one coming, and it. I'm I'm excited about it, but I don't know what's what's the what's the big the big news today. The big hot juicy news, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, is. Uh, <laughs> I was about to call in George Michael then. Sorry, George Russell. George Russell. Oh, no. the dogs are on the radio. Everyone's kicking off. Uh, yeah. Um, George Michael, as I'm now going to call him. Um, no, no, why am I talking about George Michael? Sorry, this is no Aston Martin. I've got Honda engines for 2026. <laughs> what the fuck happened now? Completely George Michael. Uh, yeah, get in, get in there. Aston Martin, Honda 2026 onwards. So... Honda can continue their technical deal with Red Bull um, through the end of 2025, and that includes Alpha Tauri. But is this an exclusive deal from 2026? It's Honda and Aston Martin all mm. over? It seems Ooh. to be. So the, from what I've read, Honda have said they've got no plans to supply anyone else, right? So it's an Aston Martin Honda Works team. Um. And I, you said earlier, like, we saw this coming. I didn't see this coming, man. Honda and Aston completely took me by surprise. I heard I rumors, might have heard, but I never thought I might it was have heard happen. something that was more than a rumor. I don't know. Oh, I don't okay. know. You're leaning on your uh, insider I knowledge. I don't know. So, yeah, we got Honda and Aston Martin linking up. Uh, apparently, Honda held talks with McLaren and Williams. I, I think we knew or heard of the McLaren talks happening. Yes, uh, yeah, that was that was sure if we knew about the Williams. I didn't um, know about that, no. No, but they were, I think Aston had said about a year ago or whatever they were looking to potentially build their own engine. Um but ultimately it's That's not wild. viable. 
Um, so yeah, it makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's one of the things like um, Red Bull powertrains. You know, they're effectively using licensed Honda stuff right now, and they're operating it yep. with some staff and renting resources and everything else. Building a new power unit from the ground up. Man, imagine imagine that upsets the the order, and you have you know Red Bull dominate these three, four years. Yeah, and then what if you had a Honda Aston Martin dominance in twenty six? Uh, there's going to be a huge emphasis on uh, the battery, on the electric side of that, and then a lot of it will be people adapting to strategy, which won't take too long with dealing with the new, the the smaller engine, the bigger electrical motor, and all that. But uh. Yeah, well, it's it was the, wild. the in, increased focus on hybrid technology that apparently lured Honda back in. Uh, they had a CEO change, and I think the new CEO uh, understood perhaps maybe the value of F1 a bit more than the outgoing one and was looking was to a, come back. Was it a little bit of the uh, change of guard from the old school to the new school? Possibly, yeah. yeah. But that's, that seems like classic Honda. Like, things are going okay, and they dip out. You had... You had the Braun car, which yep. was a, a world destroyer at the, as it started, and then they didn't develop the car at all. Yep. And then Merck bought it for a bit. Pound, I think it was literally like yeah. a pound, wasn't it? I think I think didn't Braun Braun bought it from Honda for a pound, and then I think they sold to to Merck after that. Oh, sorry, could be, yeah, I yeah. could be I could be completely wrong on that, but I think it's one of those two scenarios. One of us is we're both collectively two hundred percent correct. So yeah, if you mash, mash both. Both of our opinions or whatever together, you'll get the truth. Maybe. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> no that. guarantees. But um, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, like but, the, as soon as as soon as they're getting good, they dip out, and then you have this Red Bull Honda thing. It's like this is amazing, and they're like, yeah, you know what? Uh, we're just not interested anymore. It's like you guys just won a championship. Well, apparently, I was reading about this. Apparently, they made decision internally to pull out before they won the championship, and then they were like, ah, oh, fuck. Like we, we've messed this up a bit here, but uh, unfortunately the wheels are already in motion. They already basically told all their staff in the UK side of it that unlucky you're out of a job. Um, they pulled out of F1, they closed their Milton Keynes facility and uh, they had one somewhere else where they built the cars. I've forgotten the name of it now. Um, it'll come back to me, I'm sure. <clears throat> but um, now they've got to go through the rigmarole of basically going around and saying, Ah, we need another UK base of operations now, and uh, we need to get all the staff back. So we're either going to lure people back that we lost to Red Bull, or we're going to have to go through the hiring process all over again. So basically, ah. like monetary wise, they probably would have saved money if they just fucking stayed in. Yeah, and then Red Bull, but at the same time, then Red Bull wouldn't be expanding their campus and developing a, a power unit development facility and everything else. So this is interesting. So Aston. Uh, are becoming uh, fairly independent. They'll have a works deal effectively with Honda. Red Bull will be making their own power units, supplying those to uh, Alpha Tauri. And that's it. It just seems Ren wild to me that in 2026, we're going to have two PUs on the grid, that potentially basically the family tree is a circle. Hmm. Are we, are we talking about some like Game of Thrones, like super incest cycle of engine development? Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Yeah, Game of Pistons. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's like remember when we had uh, when was it twenty twelve or whatever? Maybe even more recent than that when we had Lotus and Team Lotus in F one. 
It's going to be like that mm. all over again. That was weird. It's like, no, no, you, no, yeah. you. Who's who's Fuck. the real Red Bull powertrains? Who's the real Honda powertrains? It's a uh, fun and games. Um, Wild. But you said, picking up on your point you mentioned earlier about possibly coming in in 2026 and dominating, yeah. uh, not outside the realms of possibility because as part of this announcement honda quietly dropped in that actually the entire time they've been working on the 2026 power unit in the background albeit with a small team but they even you know before they even decided and had the deal signed to come back in they were working on it in the event that they did so that's not surprising to me at all like are you gonna you know you you have this whole everything revolving around building and dyno testing and signing off and commissioning, you know, production Formula One engines and then operations based in the UK. And then you have Japanese staff that are cycling in and out of the UK, back and forth between Japan and the UK on a rotation basis. And then they're like, yeah, why don't we just keep like five people working on a single cylinder for 26? Then we'll have a people doing some, because they're not just going like, to lay off all those people. I mean, they no, might have laid off them. a lot of people, but they, you know, they, they want to keep, they don't want to have a super, super brain drain. No, I'm thinking. I, think, I think some people transferred back to Sakura, the Honda um, facility out there. I think they encouraged most of them to go back and they weren't particularly pleased that some of the people stayed at Red Bull. I'm, I'm reckoning because that's also from what I understand. And if anybody understands the, the Japanese automotive culture, but I think the understanding I have is that like if you're a, a Toyota or Honda or whatever person, that's a job for life if you're mm, good. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Like, that you're, you're literally sorted, nothing else. And then, yeah, n- now that it's like, oh, well, you've, you've pulled out of this and it's like Red Bull powertrains could go under and then you won't have that Honda pension and all the other benefits that come with that. So it's a, it's a big risk for the people. But uh, hopefully the people that did stay over, um, they, got that, they got that fucking bag, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, props to you know what I'm gonna give I'll give my props to Lawrence Stroll. He hasn't come in and just sort of been a crap rich person running a team. He he genuinely seems to be building a you know a good solid base here. It's wild. It's yeah. wild. We so, didn't expect this honestly. Like we we're like, oh, he's he's got a uh, you know you. The first impression is him building a team so that his son has to drive, and you're thinking, oh come on, Lance is not great. He's become pretty freaking reasonable, in my opinion. He, he, he's, yeah. he's, he's decent. He's, he's decent. Someone says in the chat, Lawrence put his money where his mouth is. And yeah, I agree with that. That's a good statement. Absolutely. Yeah, he has. Absolutely. Absolutely. Got this so. Massive new campus that I think is opening soon. They've got the wind tunnel. They're going to obviously now have this works deal with Honda. They are on the up. Yeah. I mean, and like, I think, I think the relationship with Honda will be a very, a professional one like the one they have with Mercedes like that's going to be that's a slick operation no yeah. no Renault slander here directly obviously we would never do such a thing on this podcast we remain professional <laughs> at all times speaking of then other engine manufacturers and let's not we're not we're going to we're going to rewind we're in 2026 right now ladies and gentlemen we're going to hop in our time machine and come back to the 2023 Monaco Grand Prix build up Mercedes have brought something which is going to revolutionize Formula One. They brought side pods, baby. Yes. Yeah. The advantage of no side pods was officially locked in for 18 months. I'm calling it now. It's done. Yeah. Done. 
Um, so um, literally like an hour before we've gone live, <clears throat> we had some pictures drop uh, showing like a redesigned side inlet. And oh a, my. Yeah, and a revised uh, front suspension with uh, some anti-dive properties. See that, chat? God, oh, God see, see what you did? God! Managed, managed to sneak that one in there, chat. Am I going to have to go off on a tangent? No, Am I going to have to go off on a tangent? Get back in your box. Right, fine. I'm about to fucking lose it. Uh, and then half hour later, we uh, had another photo emerge of the clamshell, which basically does look like a side pod. So, yeah, there we go. Not very developed, though. It looks like a very side pod. very basic side pod. It's like a hybrid between sort of like the 2020 and 2021 Ferrari. Um, okay. It, it just looks a bit bland, and that's not slander, you know. Uh, a, You're so fucking biased. It's know, unbelievable. Know, Say something nice about them for something. Fuck Mercedes, no. Um, yeah, so all, all, all the drama that kicked off, like, oh, are they, aren't they? Like, all these upgrades and whatnot. I got... Um, I still know people that are in F1, believe it or not. It, you know, not everyone's blocked and deleted me yet. Yet. Um, and I had some guy from quite high up in Mercedes message me saying, like, how amused they all were in the office watching everyone lose their minds um, over this potential upgrade and people need to sort of taper their expectations a little bit. And I was like, yeah, well, that's just the internet, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but that's also Formula One. Like, what was, it, what was it the last time we saw... I forgot who it was. Was it Sabu or Yepa that said, and if I, I didn't get this right, they said the last time we had a, or it was even Rory maybe, the last time we had a huge change uh, in terms of somebody bringing an upgrade that was a huge upgrade, it was Force India's B-spec back in the day. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, that plucky little team. Yeah, which is now Aston Martin. Mm. So that's that's pretty wild. So, yeah, I, I think people should... um definitely be careful with their expectations and not get too wrapped up but let's please hope that mercedes have found a substantial upgrade um and they're going to be finding some performance so they can compete so i mean we'll, we'll come back to this point later but so far at any event this year the closest they were to pole when everybody was struggling with warm-up they were 0.35% off of pole everywhere else they're 0.6% off or even 1% off of pole which is a huge performance gap, and they're just kind of in the no man's land. So, yeah, let, let's let's hope. The other thing as well is obviously these upgrades were planned for Imola, didn't happen, obviously. So, bringing a massive upgrade package to Monaco that you've not tested on track yet sounds like an incredible risk, and it is. Let's be fair, it is, uh, but they don't have much choice because. Uh, They've modified the chassis to accommodate new suspension pickup points. Oof. Um, so it's kind Which of is all in, basically. Yeah, you can't. It's not like there's a control Z on that one. No, it's yeah, like, yeah. hey, can we put. So basically, if they've. It looks like they've changed side pods. So the, the way the Formula One cars works is you can change hard points in the front of the chassis to some extent, but often it might be changing inserts or removing stuff and I, I haven't seen that done too many times I, I know that people do it and i just never pay too much attention to it the other thing is with like a bodywork change like with the side pods and everything else you have you have these fairings which are bonded onto the survival cell or the monocoque and those accommodate you know all the fasteners for all the bodywork panels when I mean, you have a big change like that you have to basically cut all those uh flanges off and then rebond them on to accommodate the new bodywork so this is not a uh, let's just delay this upgrade 
And I, I know I saw you and a couple of other people being quite cautious, like up, uh, bringing a huge package update to Monaco is a huge risk. And I think it definitely is, but, the, but they, they've committed to this and they were going to commit to it anyway. At the, and at the same yeah. time, Monaco's not about, Monaco's about avoiding yellow or red flags, keeping it out of the fucking barriers and uh, being on track at the right time. That's what it is. And you know, you could have a, y- y- the driver can make a huge difference around Monaco. Mm. Yes, we're still going to see a performance gap from top to bottom of the field, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about what, what makes a car quick around Monaco in a little bit. But are we, yeah, we've... my my concern with the risk around it is obviously, like you mentioned, a keeping it out the wall. Um, mm. But it's been we you know obviously we didn't go to Imola, so I'd imagine they've probably got some spares knocked up now. So perhaps maybe yep. that's not quite such a risk. Uh, but my other question, and this is one that you might be able to answer, is what uh, what quality of what's the quality of data going to be from these upgrades <sighs> in a track like Monaco? It's such a unique circuit. Yeah, it's. You know, there's, there's two things, right? The car in, around Monaco, you end up setting up the car quite high and quite soft because it's bumpy as fuck. I mean, you look at the bump at turn five; they they have to drive around this bump. They don't drive straight into the braking zone at turn five. Um, you have very high front ride height. You've got pretty soft front suspension. You've got relatively high rear ride height. Depending, that's not necessarily true, but in terms of aerodynamics data, you know, it's not like you have a. It's not like you've got a 200 kilometer an hour straight line arrow pass that you can do anywhere like maybe through the yeah. tunnel but yeah it's 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 difficult making quality assessments yeah. all you can say is working not working um but comparatively to say in fine details it's relatively lower quality data but at the same time i think they'll know if it's going to be a shitter or not but maybe it just doesn't go well here and we'll have to wait till barcelona which is a very mm. classic which is the, typically the winter testing circuit so people know what to expect and how to set up a car for Barcelona. So I agree with you. Barcelona will be a much truer test for them internally to understand and yeah. probably be to see if the performance is there because I wouldn't be surprised if they go well around Monaco yeah, or well, closer I'm, to the I'm front. Just sending my thoughts and prayers to the poor engineers that have to get an aero map of that car in Monaco. That would be fun. I feel like we've done that at some point before, like introduced a new component and we had to do some scans. I don't think that's the case. You, you don't do that there. And like, to be fair, earlier in the season, people probably have been putting their biggest, nastiest mother truck or rear wing on the car just to check that it was stable in, yeah. prior to going to Monaco. Like yeah. you, you pr- usually don't build, they might now, but back in the day, you usually never ever brought that nasty, huge rear wing. You'd run that rear wing at maybe Hungary, maybe Monaco and Singapore. Yep. That's it. And you test it quite early to make sure it was stable because it's very highly loaded and higher probability that it would have some uh, detachment issues. Mm. Could you use that high downforce wing at Mexico as well? You would. You would, you definitely yeah, would. because of the low atmospheric pressure. Mm. Yeah, you just... Mm, atmosphere. Science, <laughs> technical. Oh, fuck this. Where's the fraudulence? Bring it back. We're getting too technical. Right. Bring us back if out. Any, if anybody talks about anti-dive, I will go down a rabbit hole, so please don't. I'll do it later. I'll do it later for you guys. But something else is changing in Monaco this weekend. And it's something that's going to directly impact our viewing and performance pleasure of the Monaco Grand Prix. No, it's not going to make overtaking easy, but we might not miss the overtakes to a picture of Lance Stroll just driving his car and then back to not an overtake. Why would that be? Wow. 
the TV coverage for the Monaco Grand Prix this year and for the next three years is going to be produced in-house by F1 like they do at every other circuit in the past, uh, apart from they have done at Monaco, it's been done by Tele Monte Carlo. Uh, it sounds like some European bullshit. This basically just screams to me that basically f- for them to get their contract renewed, they had to relinquish their rights for Ooh. local TV broadcasting or pr- production. To put that in context, it sounded like they were like, do we or don't we renew the Monaco Grand Prix? Because uh, a lot of circuits have to pay for it, like to have the race there. And I think Monaco has a little bit of a special deal. I don't believe they pay a lot. Well, this is the thing. Now the contract's renewed. I think a lot of those special terms have been whipped away. And one of the most obvious one to us that we know about is going to be obviously this one, the TV coverage. But in the background, they, uh, what I believed is they had their own sponsorship. So we used to see, what was it, like Tag Heuer um, bannering yeah. next to a Rolex bannering, which was a bit weird. Yeah, uh, and they also paid the least amount of fee to host the race. Um, yeah, but I think Miami came along last year, and I, you know, I think Stefano basically waved that under them, saying, "Listen, Monaco, you can be replaced." In like- we got Miami, baby, hola. <laughs> so, so, some something something happened, and now we get instead of. <laughs> exactly what Cars Go Vroom said. Instead of shit coverage, we'll get the same disappointingly average world feed that we usually get. <laughs> yeah. Miami was Miami didn't do it particularly good justice, but we've we've gone through that at length. But yeah. I mean I don't care because I only watched the fucking highlights at Monaco, to be honest. I'd fall asleep for the rest of it. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stay a little bit sober so I can watch the IndyCar five hundred though. Hell yeah, brother. Go fast, turn left. Go fast, turn left. Not seriously though. That's that's gonna be fucking wild. Um, let's see, engine breaking news. The podcast. Um, mm. this weekend we've got engine breaking and breaking engine and just the, the other two for the main race. Oh, there's only two. Okay, you got engine breaking and breaking engine entering the virtual 24 hours of Le Mans. And you are you've been streaming this week. You've been you've been swearing at the MX5 Cup cars on iRacing. Yeah, uh, engine well, we, mode eleven on Twitch, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we started with MX5 Cup cars. Um, we went a bit mental yesterday, and we did dirt ovals. I heard about that. Which was a lot of fun. I liked that turning left to go right. Uh, yeah. Then we had I did NASCAR Cup truck or whatever it is the NASCAR trucks. Um, started oh, hell yeah. Somehow finished third. Just by you keeping it, the podium. just by keeping it out of the wall. Um, yes, bro. <laughs> yeah, so we've been we've been exploring other motorsports in iRacing this week, um, and we'll continue to do that this week. And then the grand race occurs uh, lunchtime on the Saturday. Uh, racing twenty four hours until the Sunday. Uh, doing it obviously for Samaritans. I think we spoke about it last time, but it's all. For all for charity, and uh, we've already raised four hundred and ten pounds. What's your goal? What, are we going to smash oh, we it? We set to a thousand. I thought okay. thousands was achievable. Yep. Um, and we're already forty percent of the way there, so I'm I'm pleased Sick. with that so far. Um, and so, if, if you you know want to support, I'll stick the link in the show notes. Yep. Um, much love to everyone that has, even if it's just a like or a wheat, a like or a wheat wheat. Retweet. God, blimey, listen to me today. I'm all over the place. 
Um, um, much appreciated. Much love. Yeah. So Samaritans is a um, is a charity that supports uh, mental health and suicide awareness yep. as well, isn't it? So it is. Yeah. It's a is a good cause. And uh, you, you yep. did huge stonks for them last year. And uh, yeah, hopefully and, we're hey, going to hit that marker again this year. It's a service I've used myself in the past. You know, listen, I think everyone should be more open about mental health. Get rid of that stigma. And, you know, yep. we're all here Talk for your one mates. another. Check on them. And like you said the other day, if I say they're all right. Check again. again. Yeah. Mm, life so is short, go. man. Life is fucking short and it's beautiful. But it's it not is. always fun, and every now and then you need a little bit of help. Yeah, and listen, every now and again you need a fraudulent podcast. And we're here for you for that. If you're driving to work when you listen to this, give us a little toot toot. We got you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into, so So you're going to be doing some, uh, dude, I'm really tempted to do um, a Watkins Glen three hour, but it starts Saturday morning at 10 a.m. or 9 a.m., I'm not sure. I did one last weekend with uh, my buddy Cookie, one of my old colleagues, and uh, I, we had it. We had a disaster. We had a disaster, but it was fucking man. I've got the bug. Oh, it's yeah, so good. Yeah. It's so good that iRacing is fucking insanely fun. Uh, how much money have you spent on iRacing yet? Not a lot. I'm a tight ass, right? So that's the have reason okay? why I'm doing the MX5 Cups this week is because I'm not forking out the fifteen dollars for this week's Ferrari GT3 track. I was like, nah, you can wait until I get paid. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Yeah, I was. Some, I said this the other day. So it's like what? Not if you buy a year, it's like a hundred dollars for a year, or something like that, or sixty dollars for a year. Mm. Um, every so you get a handful of cars and tracks, and every circuit or ca- car that's not included in that initial batch is fifteen bucks. Yep. I think I think I'm probably two hundred dollars in right now. Oh, but geez, but a set of tires for a club MX five race. Here we go. Chad. He's, a, he's gone down, he's the, about, down the MX five history memory lane. It's about $700 for a set of tires on a weekend. And if you want to go fast, you're going to do a set of tires on a weekend. You'll get a set of like really nice low shaved tires. So, um, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, let's get it. Let's, but I'm loving it, man. I'm hooked. So Same. let's get into the Monaco preview. We got a little bit of trivia, a little, some fun stuff about this. Cause Monaco, like we said, Monaco has got some uh, concessions. It's had some weird exceptions in the past about how they operate the weekend. So yeah. traditionally Monaco free practice one and two were held on a Thursday. Um, yeah, were, Friday, yeah. Friday was typically a support series, but since 2022, they went back to a Friday, Saturday, Sunday format. Um, and apparently, I, I tried to look for this, and I, I did find it. It goes back to the origin of the first Monaco Grand Prix, where basically there was a bank holiday on that Friday. So they're like, oh, shit, guys, we do it Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. And they're like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, and then and as that went on, that wasn't falling on a bank holiday. They just kind of kept that. And like, But it's, you wouldn't have Formula 1 run on Friday, but you'd still have like, you know, the Formula Renault 3.5s or GP2 or F2 or whatever else they were at the time. And the Porsche Super Cup is always there. You'd have those guys running on a on a Friday. So you're hungover, stinking of booze on a Friday in the office, working on setups for qualifying the next day. And all you hear are these Porsche super cups going around all day is fucking terrible. Yeah. Well, there you go. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I've got some stories about that. We'll get back to some stories later on about Monaco Fridays, but um, generic info about the track. It's a proper street circuit. 
all the track is on public roads. It's not a parking lot. And it's the shortest track on the calendar at 3.337 kilometers. And it's also the shortest race on the calendar. Normal Formula One race, how many kilometers? Uh, normal race, how many kilometers? Uh, 300K? Yeah, 300K. Monaco, oh, Fucking shit. Monaco is only 260 kilometers. Um, but yeah, this, this is the, like we talked about before with the downforce, this is the definition of a low efficiency circuit. You're going to put the biggest, nastiest, dirtiest, draggiest son of a bitch on your car as long as it makes downforce, it's going on. So the wind tunnel said, ooh, that's, that one's not good. And they're like, yep, that's going in the Monaco pile. We'll bolt that thing on. Um, top speeds are not very important to lap time, but it will be interesting to see how, how much lap time Red Bull gain in the straight line compared to the others. Because there oh, still are straights. There still are straights, so we don't know. Or do they have some like super son of a gun barn door that they can bolt the nastiest downforce on their car and still be quick? Because all they need to do, baby, is you need to qualify on mm. um, pole position. Do they still put the special Monaco-only steering rack in? I think they do in the past. They either change the steering rack or they change the uh, steering brackets because in order to get around the hairpin, um, yeah, you gotta you gotta put some lock in that some bitch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You go go slow turn left, baby. Mm, I believe I'm right in saying they also don't get into seventh gear. Eighth. Uh, sorry, eighth. They don't use eighth. Yeah, gear. maybe maybe back in the day when it was seven gears, they would they would run a really short final drive so they could use everything. Uh, I I think they may not use eighth nominally because you do have to Formula One cars. You pick one set of ratios reverse all the way through eighth gear at the start of the season and you don't get a joker anymore so whether you're running monza or monaco baby it's the same gear ratios that are in your gearbox the entire season Oof. um there but you go. it's wild monaco is wild so it's it's really different to a lot of the other tracks and it's a super punishing street circuit like it 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 is a street circuit. There's very few places to bail out. There's a couple of escape roads that uh, if you have a little uh, shenaniganry, we can talk about those later. There's a couple Nick of Carol's very... Back. Michael Schumacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get back to those. But uh, yeah, Sim but similar to Miami, it's like the buildup to this is about being on the track and getting in laps, getting in laps. Um, you need to, like we said before, you need to run quite high and quite soft in order to deal with all the compliances, uh, the bumps and lumps around the track. But um, tires are, we're bringing the softest range of our Pirellis, which means the softs can do an entire race. Correct. Not really. I don't expect that. Uh, I don't expect that. I do, I do expect uh, a one stop, and we'll come back to that. Um, Would you like me to throw a couple ooh. of little hand grenades into all that lovely speech you just gave me? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I don't believe it's going to be a one stop at all uh, because the weather, again, looks questionable for this weekend. Yes, and uh, they've also I'm resurfaced so some parts of it. Ooh, I think I think a little bit of resurfacing isn't uncommon for a Monaco. A little couple I mean, patches here and there that don't make the notes. I don't know if they resurfaced it for F one or just in general because it is literally <laughs> like you say a fucking street. Yeah. Ooh, but so so I mean, if, if like to be honest though, rain. But we talk. We we haven't even we haven't even laid into Monaco. Monaco is usually all about qualifying. And it's a shit race because it's boring. But last year was good. We had people running the enters super long, trying to hang it out. Um, I, I think if we have a wet weekend or a mixed weather weekend, we're going to have some fucking fun. It's going to be aggro for the teams and the drivers, but we're going to have a blast on our sofas with our Aperol spritz in our backyard watching this race. Mm. 
I tell you what, listen, I'm going to give you listen. my our live our live uh, Monaco Grand Prix weather forecast. I'll check it Let's now. Go. Send it, bro. Uh, where are we? Saturday, uh, uncertainty over whether the track will remain dry. Uh, Sunday, the chances of rain are up to as high as 76%. Mm. Monaco's one of those wacky ones where like, the, we were literally watching the radar and you could have a ba- bunch of clouds roll over the hills on, on the west. Yes. And it's like, right, we're getting rain or not rain. It's like, it, yeah. it's, it's, oh, it's fucking awesome. I love it. I'm excited. But, um, in, in terms of the track, things that are fun to look out for, and maybe you've probably, if, you, if you've been watching for a couple of years, you probably will have seen this on the television, but maybe not. Um, the, the, the track, turn three, four, um, the left-hander at the top of the hill going into the casino section, that's all about commitment. Getting offline there can often result in a loss of grip. I remember um, a couple drivers have binned it there, even in the dry. Um, you see down into turn five, Mirabeau, they go around the bump on the back straight. It's like, why don't they just drive straight? It's like, because there's a big drop off there. This, the drivers, we need, like, as, as Dan mentioned, we often have new steering rack or different steering arms so that they can go full lock to get around the hairpin. Um, uh, coming out of the tunnel, not too dramatic, but uh, it goes, you know, you've seen the TV shots where it goes from dark to bright and you get blinded leaving the tunnel. And then breaking down into the chicane there at the exit of the tunnel is pretty bumpy. And then, oh man, uh, the, final chicane at the swimming pool those barriers i love the video of the the tires just barely grazing the uh, armco god that's exciting but um be careful when you're looking at free practice lap times because it's really common to never get a clean lap in until maybe qualifying maybe not so it's just it's just one of those things yeah so you mentioned strategy it's likely to be a one-stop i think um and then what will tends to happen is the front runners will tend to stay out because they usually have a pace advantage over the cars behind them and they'll stay out until they have a pit stop gap over the midfield and then they'll stop and then continue on. So hopefully everybody has good pit stops. That's never lost anybody a race ever. Um, and if it's wet, you could actually win out or lose depending on what's happening. And um, yeah, the rules, the rules of driving in the wet or racing in the wet. Don't crash. Be on the, be on the right tires at the right time. Oh well, okay. There is that. That's it. Um, but don't do, do you a, think don't do an Alpha Towery and put wet tires on in the dry? Ah, oh, ouch, ouch. Um, do you think we'll see them if it's it, let's say it's proper stonking wet? Do you think we'll see them run the new wet tire spec this weekend? I've dun, got, dun, I've got dun. no faith in. Not, I've got plenty of faith in the drivers and the cars. I just don't have faith in the people who make the decision whether to start a race on wet tires or run a, run wet tires. I just I, the aversion that this sport has got to running in wet weather at the minute is baffling to me. But it's not baffling because we've I think we've gone through it multiple times on the show. We know why the tires wet tires suck ass. Yeah, the, the tires suck and they can't see shit. But it's like, when's the last time you could see shit in the full wet? Like, that's normal. Mm. I don't know why they've gone away from that. Maybe it's gotten worse, but I'm not a driver. You have a driver's drinks bottle if you're watching this on video, so maybe you would know, driver. Yeah, sure. Well, ask me a question for sure. Um, Have you ever pissed in the seat while driving? Yeah, and shit myself, yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's uh before we before we get to a little message from our friends monaco the rules of monaco track position right tires right time 
qualifying is king and qualifying is probably the most excitement we'll get unless it's a wet weather race. It's insanely difficult to overtake. And realistically, it requires a huge mistake in the right place from the car that you're chasing, even if you have a pace advantage. Anything else? Anything else? Um, be careful of the clubs you go into. Make sure your boss doesn't see you into which ones you're going into. Um, if you're walking That's around a- in the yacht area, uh, you need basically. If you want to get, oh, should I say this? Yeah, I'm going to say this. I'm going to, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm sure there'll be no repercussions to this, right? If you're in Monaco and you want to get into the the yacht parties, but you need to get past the uh, marina security, right? Just carry a box of beer and walk like you belong there, and no one will question it. This is this is like that's really that was really tame. I was expecting something else. I mean, it's like, right, Steve? Here's his phone number. Call him. He'll give you. Uh, uh, wristband and you go around through the back and they'll drop you off in a van but you yep. have to be blindfolded and uh yeah oh my god multiple times that has worked right because everyone thinks oh you know f1 staff must be on all these yacht pies no no f1 staff and people that work in f1 unless you're a driver or a manager you're a parasite very rarely, <laughs> yeah, very rarely are you allowed to go to the cool parties and things like that you don't get an invite your job is yeah. to basically stand around and build things and make cars go quick not to party but but I've got a couple of pretty cool stories, and we we might have a couple more uh, as well. But first, why don't we have a little word from our, our sponsors this week for this week's episode? Sure, why not? And if they have a yacht, we would love to come and hang out on it. Call us. Oh shit! No, no that's not the ad. I just I literally spent five minutes before the goddamn fucking show started lining this ad up. Ready to go, and it didn't work. Why didn't it work? Yes, save profile. Right, again. Hello, it's me again. Just to tell you that we are continuing our deal with NordVPN. Give you an exclusive offer. You can get it by going to nordvpn.com slash engine to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and four additional months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. They have a super simple app that you can use on your phone, your tablet, your PC. And it's something that I've used myself for years and I've been completely happy with it the entire time. And it's just in time to get around that potential geographical restrictions for F1 TV. Obviously, I can't say you should do that because that's probably illegal, but you know. So yeah, go to nordvpn.com slash engine so me and Blake can feed our families. Thank you. Fucking 27 episodes in and I still can't fucking press the right button at the right time. Oh my God. Honestly, six years I spent in F1. I'm not making it up, people that are listening, honestly. And my quality of work was the same there as it is here. Mm. Mm. Well, uh, Let's let's go to some of these Monaco stories, and these aren't my stories. These go back before I was even in the sport. And uh, so, track position is king in Monaco, and it's all about qualifying, baby. And a lot of drivers have tried to cheese this pretty hard. And our first one, who is it? Who's our first one uh, that we the, that I've noticed has to be? Is it the legendary Schumacher? Two thousand six, his Lord Michael Schumacher. So let's let's fr- let's frame this right. Alonzo in the Renault, he had finished first or second in the first four races, right? He was likely to take pole position and apparently, allegedly, allegedly Michael knew this. Uh, Schumacher was on provisional pole 
and he decided to have a little mistake in the Rascass. And then he stalled the car. And then back then, the cars did not have starters on them. So if you stalled your car, you're kind of fucked. Um, yep. So they got wind of this. And uh, the investigation found him guilty. And he had to start the race from the pit lane. And there was a story I read. He walked, you know, he's walking through the motorhome area. And the, uh, the, the Renault, everybody from Renault just looked out the window and gave him a thumbs down. <laughs> but... He starts from the pit lane and he drives on to finish fifth. I mean, yeah, it's ma- pretty dope. Imagine fucking that these days. Nah, nah, nah. But uh, back, we've had another. When the inc- cars were small and you could overtake. Yeah, Monaco. I was watching some of that. It's like, oof. yeah, the Ferrari was still pretty quick then as well. But um, what's our next one? The, our next notable one, at least uh, we don't we don't know about all of them. No, we can never be uh, for sure. On a similar vein, we had. The Nico Rosberg incident, which kind of similar, um, but I don't believe it was ever proven. Um, <laughs> but it looked very suspect in 2014, I think it was, in qualifying. Yeah. Uh, he took a very different line in qualifying when he was on pole. Um, it was, you know, pretty, pretty tasty between him and Lewis and, you know, Lewis... Was probably going to be on pole. Um, but no, Rosberg decides to have a similar little cheeky lockup. Um, and then uh, did he try and spin the car and mess it up or something? As something, he, in the yeah. Road and it was like, oh, yellow flag. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> oh, my bad. Sorry, Lewis. Yeah, but I, I think the, the stewards investigated it and they found nothing wrong with it. But I reckon Toto was like, don't do it. Don't do it. Because because otherwise they wouldn't have a front row lockout, which they had, you know, is and even I think it was even Brundle called it a very hollow pole position. Mm. Yeah, but that, 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 that maneuver, though, it was so cheese like the Michael one was cheesy. The, the Rosberg was like, mate, come on. Yeah. You're not even trying. It's just like doing all sorts of wacky stuff and smashing on the brakes. He's like, oh, I went straight on at turn five. Bummer. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it was it was questionable, but um, it's not what you know; it's what you can prove, and there wasn't enough to prove anything. So there you go. Ah, speaking of speaking of fucking up qualifying, we've had one much more recent. Oh yeah, this was last year, and this is weird because we didn't really hear about this until the end of the season in Brazil. Does anybody anybody know? Was it not after the fallout? And they were like, "Oh, why they why is." Max and Checo so on edge of each other and then someone was like, oh yeah, it's because Checo allegedly deliberately spun the car to cause a red flag in Monaco. Yeah. And we you know, we went and looked at the, the data and it's like, it did look kind of weird. It's like, you're already spinning. Why would you go full throttle there? But the thing is, it wasn't a yellow flag. He backed the car into the barriers at the exit of turn eight. I mean, he fully, he, he was committed. If this was, yeah, if this exactly. was sabotage, it was fully committed. <laughs> yeah. Michael... And Rosberg, you guys aren't even trying. Yeah. Checo fucking allegedly backed it into the wall. Smashed um, his car up, smashed in Sainz's car, I think it was, as he was going around the corner. And then Max. Sainz collected him. Yeah. And then Max was nearly right into the back of them as well. So Checo wins the most sort of points in that regard. Um, yeah. But I did, I believe, didn't you not look into some of the telemetry we get from MultiViewer? And. Or whatever. Uh, I've forgotten. That's the one. That's the one. Thank you. Yeah. 
Chat out to multiviewer anyway. Fuck it. Have some free advertising. Yeah, multiviewer. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, this is not a Max Verstappen hat. This is a multiviewer for F1 hat. And if you don't use multiviewer to watch Formula One, uh, you're missing out. Just Google it. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't heard of multiviewer for F1, go do it now. This is not an ad. I'm not getting paid. I just use it. He did send me a free hat. I did declare that he sent me this hat. Did and you? I love this hat. Oh, frauds. Fraudulent. Where's it's my fucking hat. free hat? I haven't got a fucking free hat. Do you use multiviewer? Yeah, I use multiviewer. Oh, fucking, fine. <laughs> where's my fucking free hat? Send me a fucking free hat. Uh, uh, I'm not getting paid. I'm getting threatened. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was my, what was our trainer for? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Did you not look into the telemetry and sort of try and give your opinion on it? Yeah, it looked weird. Mm. It looked it looked weirder than a weird thing. But at the end of the day, it's really fucking easy to armchair armchair it. And I will give you. It looked suspicious, but at the same time, you don't, it's so circumstantial. And like, even with all the data, you can convince yourself one way or another on certain things. So it's not even more. And the data we get from Fast F1 is not. You uh, you don't have steering or anything. You don't have good brake pressure, nothing. The frequency Um, of it as well and refresh rate isn't great. So it's El Dudu. But man, so let's, let's, uh, my first, the first time I went to Monaco, imagine this, I'd only been, Monaco was my second Grand Prix that I ever went to as a trackside engineer at Force India, right? And it was fucking wild. And at this point, I'm early on in my career in Monaco, but he goes out and has a couple beers on Thursday night, maybe Friday night. I didn't realize until probably halfway through my first year that it's, you're not supposed to be hung over every Friday. Correct. I didn't realize that, but anyway. Um, but this was back when free practice it was on Thursday. And then who owned Force India? His Highness Sir Vijay Malia. Mm. And he, he had a fancy little boat out there, a little, little number called the Indian Princess. And it was big enough that he could have a couple hundred of his mates and a couple hundred scumbags that were mechanics or engineers from the Formula One team come out to his boat. And that was freaking wild, man. Like going on Vijay's boat, checking in. Um, nobody, nobody got too, too wild, but uh, it was... It was it was fucking nuts, man. So um, that Friday, there was no running at the track. And uh, yeah, I felt a little bit sorry for myself that next morning. But I did make sure to keep it under control. I did make sure to keep it under control. But uh, Proud of you. that was wild. Another thing is you see the drivers and engineers go for track walks on, you know, Friday or Thursday. Well, this was Wednesday and you're going around the track. The thing is when the, the track. Traffic. Yeah, well, the thing is when Monaco track isn't live. Them, them's fucking streets and there's cars on them. And it's just like, you're walking around the track. The only thing that's blocked off is the uh, swimming pool section. But even then cars are going through there. They're getting down to the boats and stuff, but it's just not as you, yeah. people are trying to avoid it deliberately. Yeah. It's we've but, got um, to do a track walk, uh, but we have to walk on the pavement because the track is a fucking road. Hmm. Yeah, and you're like walking on a uh, pavement. I've got some pretty, I used to take my cameras to the races. I didn't do it when I, my first year, but I had a couple, I've got a, my Mia RB67, like a medium format camera that takes fucking huge ass negatives, and my Leica M6. So I've got a couple of really cool photos uh, from those races that I took. I put one of them on my Instagram. Of course. The old track one. Of course, this hipster is here rocking the Leica. Of course he is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Except forget developing film. But uh, so another thing is since those are live streets in the evening, the final bit of the track past the swimming pool chicane down to the penultimate corner is is Raskas, a famous bar 
and there's like was it stars and bars whatever all sorts of it's an absolute fucking chaos there at night you can't hear anything because the music's and there's beer and there's confetti and there's people dancing on tables it's insane and it's always funny because like in the morning the track is probably pretty low grip for those porsche super cups because they're burning up all the vomit piss and beer and champagne that's been spilled all over the track it's fucking wild man but if you do get a chance to go to a race uh monaco is a pretty cool event uh, if, if you if you can get out there and even if not to get to the grand prix just go there in the evening and get pissed up and go watch it on television in your hotel yeah but um and good luck trying to stay in monaco yeah just do it Minton's not bad. stay in nice and then just bus in train well, whatever e- east east of monaco is Minton, where a lot of the journalists and photographers oh, will stay out it? there and it's, there. it's still nice so it's probably a 10 minute 15 minute drive in we used to cycle i used to cycle from Minton into the track and like I'm just like in one of the porta potties with a wet towel, just like wiping down because I'm sweating my ass off. It was great. I loved it. But um, realistically, I looked back through my trackside experiences in the recent years at Monaco. I don't really have any good experiences from Monaco personally. Was you ever allowed? Did you ever manage to get into any of the Heineken parties? No, no, not allowed. Exactly right. You well, some people are allowed in. No, let's not go there. <laughs> I know exactly where you're going with that one. I'm not gonna. I wouldn't touch that with yours, mate. No, but, no. So let's, let's let's do a quick rewind, and we'll talk about some of the parties. So 2012, Paul DeResta, performance engineer, action. Uh, he finished seventh, some 41 seconds off of Weber. But like Paul was the front of the the, the midfield sheds. So that was pretty cool. I don't remember a single thing about that race. Um, 2013, uh, Paul did all right. Nothing, nothing crazy. Uh, 2014, Perez was performance engineer, DNF. 2015, Daniel Kvyat, uh, P4. No chance at the podium, though. The other guys are way ahead. 2016, Max Verstappen has just won the Spanish Grand Prix, his first race with Red Bull Racing. And then does the track rod in, like, what, free practice three or qualifying? That was Beautiful. a dad. Yeah, and then uh, was it a wet to dry race? And uh, Ricardo could have put on any tires, but they decided to change from mediums to softs at the last minute, except there were no softs available. So he had a nice, what, 30, 40 second pit stop and lost the race. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, 2017, I literally don't remember at all. I don't remember a single thing from 2017. Uh, 2018. Daniel Ricardo's MGUK failure, and he still wins the race, and he's missing 120, excuse me, kilowatts. He's missing like you know 20% of his engine power. He still fucking wins that race. I remember the call from Daniel to, to Simon, his race engine. He's like, he's like, yeah, just manage it. He had to do huge changes to the brake balance so you don't burn the rear of the car. Like, without the MGUK working, the rear brakes will catch on fire. So they had to do huge changes. Big yep. props to Matt for managing that. And then uh, Daniel was like, like kind of like sheepishly, like, um, Simon, is it going to come back? And he's like, all Simon just says is, no, mate, get on with it. It's fucking wild. And he wins that, man. What a fucking drive. Insane. Yeah. Well, fucking wild. It, it is. And very well done to Daniel. And I don't want to, this isn't taking away anything from him, but this, nope. it, this is just part of the testament of how much the cars have outgrown monaco in the fact that no one can overtake him when he's got like a hundred less horsepower yeah it's wild it's wild yeah like watching michael uh, i watched some clips from that 2006 race schumacher's just fucking driving through him right up to p5 this 
it was Fettel following him in the Ferrari had or Raikkonen maybe had no chance to overtake him and he's missing so much power it's just like all you have to do is kind of put your car in the middle of the road and they're like yeah you're fucked yep sorry mate um and then 2019 to present no fucking clue like max has got one uh, i've got actually got monaco 21 max one i've got a poster of max on my wall sitting on top of the car looks like he's taking a shit into the yes, cockpit yeah yeah the uh yeah one. this one yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a great photo that um I, it's signed by him as well Oh, all right. Ooh. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't too difficult. No. But uh, have you got this uh, though? I got this framed the other day. Sorry, I know. Oh, that's people, a, that's a good audio. One. People listening won't know, but I've got a. I got my special uh, twenty nineteen Austrian GP poster framed. Yeah, the Japanese style with the Japanese characters. Yeah, Victory in Austria. A, a gift from Honda um, to all the staff at Red Bull. It was really cool. Super like dope. It. That that is that is really cool. Yeah, but those, like, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I don't, I, no, it's, it's super awesome. And then uh, last year, Checo got that dub and got fucking wasted. Yeah, and there's the him getting off the... I fucking love that video of him trying to get off the fucking boat the next morning, holding a shoe, trying to walk down some stairs. Fucking legend. Oh, what a fucking dude, man. But um, I'm sure there's all sorts of other stuff. There's the whole thing we've talked about before where, uh, was it Jaguar had uh, that diamond or that... Never, never been found apparently yeah it was bonded to the nose box of the car and they had a little shunt and uh, somebody snuck off with 300 grand of bling bling yeah so Oof. for those that don't know this was to uh i believe it was the first oceans 11 film promotion and then for that's some the, that's reason the 11th one what i said oceans 11 yeah that was a fuck off so, <laughs> dickhead right <laughs> Sorry. Fuck this idiot. Right, you know I'm struggling today. All I can smell is burnt toast, all right? I'm, I'm struggling. Sorry. I'm talking about George Michael. I'm, I'm all over George the place. Michael. All right, Gov. Um, yeah, so for the Ocean's Eleven film, and this is how long ago it was now. Jesus Christ, it was back in fucking Jaguar days. They bolted like these, I think they were diamonds, two diamonds, one to each nose cone of the car. Uh, and then someone successfully managed to crash, I think, like pretty much on fucking lap one. Uh, smashed the front up, and we ne- the diamond was never there. They, they couldn't find it. Oof. Interestingly, though, that team, that team became Red Bull. Did yeah, yeah. And then it stole fucking years of our life instead of diamonds. <laughs> that was pretty good. But uh, I don't have any too wild Monaco stories. I'm, I'm there's a place called Michelangelo's in the harbor just west of Monaco, and I used to go there. I took my my parents there when I was there, and um. We sat, I was I was working on Max's car, but we sat down for dinner, and then Yoss and Max and Raymond go in, and they have dinner there as well. And uh, we order this basket of these beautiful, beautiful heirloom tomatoes, and then an order of uh, the, the really nice mozzarella barata, and just like that was our starter. And like we're we're killing these tomatoes; they're fucking stunning. A little bit of rock salt sprinkled on them. Ah, but apparently I talked to somebody, and that restaurant's gone. So I'm fucking depressed, and never oh. want to go to that shithole ever again. Oh, so I only went to Monaco once. In my entire time there i managed to avoid it entire time um and i did a uh baggage run so oh, I, hell yeah yeah so basically i went uh baggage run is basically where you take a last minute part out as hand luggage on a plane get to the race um and then if you're lucky maybe as a thank you you'll get a ticket for the race or something anyway in this case it's monaco i didn't get a ticket fine whatever not they told you to fuck off yeah so but the thing is the energy station you don't need a ticket for the energy station correct do you? 
So because it's not inside the paddock. The energy station is this huge fucking barge that they float in from Italy. And uh it's yeah. gotta be better up there than being in the in the fucking grandstands, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was mint. And I will, for the sake of not getting anyone else in trouble, say I was joined by one other person from the team who will remain nameless, right? Anonymous. It was also on a baggage run, and we were due to fly back the next day. So we were like, fuck it, why don't we just not go to sleep? Why don't we just fucking, why don't we just see how many parties we can get to and then just go to the airport straight in the morning and not worry about it? You didn't make it to the airport, did you? We did, right. Oh, fuck (laughs) it. We're on the energy station, everything's going well, we're partying, cool, great, yep. And then it gets to the stage where we think, why don't we just go, you know, why don't we have a look around, see what we can, what else we can do. See if you can sneak onto a yacht or something. Yes. So, oh, fuck. This is where the walk around looking like you belong somewhere with a box of beer and you're fucking getting anywhere, right? We ended on, up man. on this massive yacht that belonged to, I think it turned out to be some like Middle Eastern oil shake or something. I don't know. I don't even oh, yeah. remember the name of the damn thing, but we got on there and, uh, Obviously, we don't know anyone there. We get to, like, there's bouncers just to get onto the fucking yacht. He's like, oh, sees us with a beer, and he just sort of waves us in, like, doesn't really pay much attention. Yeah, go on, lads. We get in there, and we're like, shit, now we're in here. We can't really let on that we're not meant to be in here. So we we got to look like we know people and we belong. Long story short, a member of staff comes up to us and goes, oh, um, you know, are you guys meant to be here? And I was like, oh, fuck, fuck. Fuck, we've been rumbled. And we're like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, we're just here for the party. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. Do you know the owner? And we're like, oh, yeah, no, we get, we go back a little bit, you know. And he's like, uh, oh, okay, cool. Would you like a tour of the boat? And I was like, yeah, yeah, no, I would really love a tour of this boat. And um, by this, I'm like a few fucking beers in at this point, so I'm a little bit wavy. And I'm like, okay, yeah, cool, sweet. The swagger and the confidence is through the roof, ladies and gentlemen. So we get, this, on, we get this tour of this boat and we're just like, oh, it's, it's incredible. Like opulence and like one of these mega super yachts is, is incredible. He's got, he's probably got a kitchen. He's got a kitchen. He's got full staff, probably, uh, possibly a barber on board. Wouldn't be I surprised. Mean, I, didn't, to... I didn't see the barber. Um, okay, fine. As you can tell, cause I've, you know, I've never seen the barber in my life. Um, but yeah, and then we get to I think I think it was like his like bedroom or living area he shows us, and there was like this. I noticed there's like this weird fucking cage in the corner of the room, and I was like, oh man, saying to myself like I've had a few beers. I'm not sure if I'm just making this up in my head, but I can definitely see a cage over in there. And I was I say to the guy who's like showing us around, I'm like, what's uh, what's what's the cage all about? And he's like, oh, that's for when he has his tigers on board. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> Oh, Jesus oh my Christ. God. Anyway, yeah, no, we had a really good time. Um, we made it back to the airport, um, didn't sleep, uh, stunk of beer, and uh, yeah, no good times. So, yeah. Go on. Dude, that's that's a fucking, that's a hero story, that mm. one right there. Like, that's like the super bad of Monaco stories. Yeah, it kind of was, it's not, yeah. It's not the hangover because nobody died or got kidnapped or lost any teeth. And, that, and that's scary as fuck, but super bad? Let's go, man. Yeah, Dude, man. that's so fucking good. So, yeah. Goals. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're ever in Monaco, there's some tips from an absolute walking legend him fucking self. Yeah, look like you belong. Carry a box of beer. You'll get anywhere. Let's go, dude. Love that. I got a little quiz, a little Monaco quiz for you, Dan. Because I'm really shit at these things, and I think you're probably better at them. Last time I was on the Reddit um, talks with Yepa, and him and Anil gave me like a bunch of questions. I didn't answer any of them. I was so bad. Right. Monaco 
trivia. Driver with the most wins around Monaco. Uh, I'm going to guess and say... Is it Michael Schumacher? I don't actually know this. Is it Michael Schumacher? No, it's Ayrton Senna. Is it Ayrton Senna? Yeah, he's got six. It's not... It's not Jeff Gordon. Now, there's two drivers who are tied with the second most wins with five. One of them is Michael Schumacher. The other one? Uh, I'm going to left field this and say Sebastian Vettel. No, Hill. That's what I said. Uh, Is it Graham Hill? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said, yeah. Team with the most wins around Monaco. It's not Kyle Busch. Come on, man. Uh, Well, if if Ayrton Senna's got like, however many, it's got to be McLaren then, right? It is indeed. Yes. Bravo. Get in One out of three. Not bad. (laughs) All right, man. Um, Give me your qualifying. All right, let's let's, go. We move on to predictions now. That's that's our little trivia. Do it for Dale, baby. Do it for Dale, baby. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. Um, What's your top five prediction for this weekend? So I have faith in Max Verstappen to, to get the job done in qualifying. Uh, I think Ferrari and Charles could do another little cheeky, strong qualifying performance. Ooh. I reckon Charles P2, uh, Perez P3, because he he does quite well in streets, in the streets. In it. In it, in it. And uh, <coughs> Alonso, I reckon, might shithouse a P4, although I don't have much faith in the Aston at this track. I don't know. Really? I don't, well, I don't. I don't. I don't know what to expect, honestly. I'm not fucking... To to finish it off, I put Charles in P5. Okay. No, Carlos. Uh, sorry, Carlos. Carlos. Yeah, other, sorry. other Charles. Other, yeah, the other Charles. Charles. Charles too. George Michael. I put George Michael <laughs> in P5. Uh, so uh, Thomas in the chat says: Denny Hamlin, Ross Chastain, Kyle Larson, Bubba Wallace, and Kevin Harvick for his qualifying top five around Monaco. Abby, one incredible qualifying session. Mate. I would watch. Yeah, I'd watch that. Um, I'm going for Verstappen Perez front row, Red Bull bias here. Yeah, okay. uh, I'm I'm thinking Alonso's going to shit house it, and I'm I'm saying Ferrari going to crap the bed. We got Hamilton, Russell, uh, George Michael, sorry, in four and five. Oh, you reckon the uh, Merck side pods upgrade is going to come good? Ah, uh, I think they'll. I think they might go all right. I I don't really know. This is vibes. This is not even. Yeah, no. There's nothing factual. Don't put I'm, any money on I'm this and be like, Blake, you got it wrong. Remember, chat. I mean, if he gets think, it wrong, drag him. I think yours looks pretty good, honestly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you all about that? Yeah, I'm about that. What's your podium looking like? Top three. Uh, I reckon there's going to be an incident at some point during the race that allows Charles to finish P1. No. Um, and that's got nothing to do with the fact that I'm going to carry on and use Ferrari this year, uh, this event in my random fandom. Alonso. Yep. Uh, sorry, chat. Oh, fucking again. That smelling burnt toast again. Um, Verstappen in P2, Alonso in P3. Are you sure it's not a little bit of Ocean's 420? You know what I'm saying? No, listen, I wish it was, mate. Jesus yeah, Christ, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm fucking, I'm so straight edge. I'm not even on energy drink, mate. I'm drinking juice out of a bottle. I'm going to go have a beer after this, honestly. um, I reckon my podium's Verstappen, Perez, Alonso. So we both have... Verstappen and Alonso on the top on those three steps. Yeah. So yeah. here's a little thing that we talked about. We foreshadowed this earlier in the episode. Mercedes gap to pole prediction. At the first two races this season, Mercedes was about 0.7, 0.6% off of pole. 
at Australia, they were really close because everybody had warm-up issues. And for some reason, Mercedes and Magically didn't have warm-up issues for the first time fucking ever. Uh, they were about 0.35% from pole. And then Baku and Miami, they were about a percent off of pole. How close to pole position do you reckon they will be? You've not put them in your top five. Mercedes, no. Okay. What do you, what do you reckon? Um, I reckon they will be like, I mean, the no, top like, 10 for qualifying. But in terms of their, their their gap, do you think it'll be better than Miami and Baku? Oh. Um, or, or, or do you think do you think they're going to find improvement or not, basically? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think there'll be an improvement, but it's... You've got to like, taper people's expectations here. You're bringing a massive upgrade package to a street circuit. They're not going to bowl it on and magically find a second in pace. It's going to take them a couple of races to understand what the hell they've bolted on. And that'd be yeah. any team. That's not the disservice yep. to Mercedes. And then they're going to have to fine tune parts of it and things like that. Because Monaco, like we said, is such a fucked up circuit for setup. Like you're lifting the car yeah. into like a four by four spec. Yeah, exactly. You know, so yeah, I mean, it will be an improvement. And, you know, perhaps maybe the anti-dive will help them. God damn it. it. Again, two, two, two for two. Stop. Stop. I'm just kidding. Okay, fair enough. I, I mean, I reckon, and here's, here's my take on this. I think Monaco is a very low efficiency, high drag, high downforce favoring circuit, right? We haven't seen a super nasty downforce draggy son of a gun yet. Last year, they tended to go quite well there because they don't have the straight line umph, but it didn't matter because you don't really need it because it's not worth that much lap time around here. Uh, I think it would be very difficult, A, to tell if this package is an improvement or not for us and for them. And I, I think they'll probably go better than they did at Baku or Miami. Um, so probably, probably around... Uh, I, I still have them at fourth fastest team this weekend. Yeah, that's fair. I would also would imagine and like to see... Mercedes running some Flovis around Monaco because I cannot think of the last time I ever saw a car with Flovis running around Monaco. I think we've, it's been a while. Often they'll check the rear wing, pre practice one. I remember, I remember fucking Pedro with the, with the Flovis squirt cannon just getting a full <laughs> face of, because you know, you start the engine and there's the tailpipe right there. Yeah, yeah. Rawr, and he, it there's wind in. blowing. Yeah. And he's, you know, spraying the rear wing and it's all over the garage floor. The mechanics are like, God damn it. And he's covered in Flovis. Yeah. I was like, God damn it. There Pedro. is nobody more hated uh, in the garage than the Compass guy man. and the Aero yeah. guy that's got the bo- fucking bottle of Flovis because they have to clean it all up off the fucking garage floor after. Every time, man. But um, yeah, so last week we did a random fandom draw for Emma. We're going to keep them. Um, my random yeah. fandom team, I'm going to go. So I'm going to be looking out for Aston Martin this weekend. Uh, and I'll give you guys a report on our debrief episode next week. Dan is going to be looking out for Ferrari, baby, this weekend. Hell That's yeah, brother. See. In Monaco. See. So. Come on, Charlie boy. Go on, lad. Stop fucking uh, playing your piano and get some race is he, wins. Is he going to get a W? Don't know. Like Le- Le- Leclerc? LeGreg. I don't know. Why not? I hope so. But um so if you haven't yet, um, do be sure to follow Engine Mode 11 on Twitch. He will be streaming. Are you gonna be streaming the whole time? Uh I intend to, yeah. 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 I'll have so a Dan's live feed of 
even obviously me driving, the boys driving, timing tables, whatnot, you know. Yeah. We'll, basically, we'll do a 24-hour stream. Yeah, so Dan's doing a 24-hour stream, and at the same time, he's raising money for Samaritan's Charity. Um, if you've got some spare pennies, do be sure to check out the stream. I will leave a link in the show notes on YouTube and on Spotify and everything else so that you can, if you'd like to make a contribution, uh, it'll make, it can make a huge difference for a lot of people. These guys, uh, yeah, they're doing God's work here. So mm. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We will be back with a Monaco debrief episode, probably Monday night, back to our usual time slot, I reckon. Yeah, we'll and, uh, see if I've recovered by then, but yeah. Fair enough. Um, and then uh, I'm going to go... I need you to do as I do. I need you to go pick up your local butcher. I'm going to go buy a brisket uh, tomorrow. Got a, one of my buddies coming around. We're going to have a little brisket after qualifying. I'll send you guys some pictures in the Discord. And uh, Are you yeah. cooking that on your Traeger grill? I'm Traeger. My, I mention Traeger every week. Yeah. yeah. We're going to we're gonna do, I think I'm going to do a brisket um, mm. so or a, a beef rib. For, I mean, from me whinging about not having a multi-viewer hat in this episode, already I've been messaged asking to send my address. So I've managed to blag a multi-viewer hat. <laughs> Now we need to, you know, follow up and finesse that Traeger grill. Uh, I need a sim racing setup um, because the office, office chair gaming is uh, not doing my old man back any favors. Nah, that's it won't do. So yeah, big up your local butcher. Uh, be excellent to each other. Check in on your mates. Big up your nan. Tell your mum you love her. And uh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs>